T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. This hour is brought to you by Vasectomy Clinics of Chicago. Dan Bernstein, Lawrence Holmes. Man, Bernstein and Holmes, best show in radio. I love it, boys. Middays 10 to 2 on 670 The Score. The Bulls have squandered a 20-point lead, and they lose to the Pacers 117-113, and the Bulls have now lost five in a row. Indiana snaps a five-game losing streak. This is unbelievable. Oh, it's very believable. It's about as believable as it can be, in fact. You've been sitting there watching all of these games. I know what you mean, but there are people who are making money by fading the Bulls as soon as they build a lead. I'm one of them. I don't know if that's going to happen tonight. They've, uh, They've got quite the matchup against the Milwaukee Bucks. Maybe they'll rest Giannis. Maybe they'll rest through holidays. You seen this run that Giannis is on? Chris Middleton, eleven game win streak, and he's scoring more points than anyone in history, including Michael Jordan. He's averaging thirty seven point two points per game during this streak. That's the growth plate. Stop it! <laughs> it's not the growth plate. Jim Ozarski's on Twitter at Jim Ozarski. He's the Bucks beat reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel and JSOnline.com. He's on the Score Hotline. Presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Jim, what's going on, man? Hey, uh, you know, building some snowmen before, up in Milwaukee before <laughs> headed down to the United Center. So, you know. Yeah, we're doing time. all right. We only got freezing rain. So I'm sure that'll be fun for yeah, you. Yeah, you might want to get here early rather than late. You know, don't don't wait because when this changes over, especially north of the city, it could be a, a bumpy ride for you. Oh, and you know what? And and uh, kind of as you said, there in the lead-in could be could be rough for the Bulls. Although, I mean, they've got a couple wins against these Bucks so far. They do. So, what's different about the Bucks from the last time the Bulls saw them? Uh well, Chris Middleton. That's number one. I mean, his this is his second return. I mean, he had off-season wrist surgery, and, and that's where he missed the first twenty-plus games. Came back briefly aggravated a knee there this whole streak coincides with his comeback again on uh january 23rd now he's been coming off the bench as they're sort of slowly working his minutes up but make no mistake i mean he is showing all parts of the three-time all-star nearly 20 points per game off the bench and it's really changed their offense with Giannis off the floor um as his minutes have gone up they're pairing Giannis, Drew Holiday, Chris back together again. You know, they're, they're quote-unquote big three. Um, but I would say that's the biggest change for sure, guys, is Chris Middleton's return, but also the fact that he is 
sort of leading the second unit. It's amazing to me to see what Brooke Lopez has turned himself into at age 34 and to see how over the span of his career, what he has done to adapt to the modern game and to make what he can do fit more than allowing what he can't do to uh, allow him to, to lose minutes. His fit on this team and what Mike Budenholzer has done to make the most of him is really kind of a cool basketball tactical and developmental story. Because you don't usually you don't think of an older player being a developmental prospect, but what he's done to change his game has been an interesting story. Definitely, Dan. I mean, for, for both fans who may not recall, I mean, Brooke Lopez, lottery pick out of Stanford over a decade ago, he's the all-time leading scorer in Brooklyn Nets history. And I think he only hit a couple threes in doing that um, comes to, you know, starts to hit some threes when he's in Los Angeles for a couple years. But yes, yeah, since, since joining the Bucks, he has become a floor spacer and a, a true, you know, three point big. Um, it is quite, inc- and yet, and, and not lose any of the defensive abilities that he's had. I mean, they, they look, Giannis won a defensive player of the year a few years ago. Drew Holiday has been all defense, but they'll tell you they do that because Brooke Lopez is at the rim and no one messes with him. I mean, it, it's, it, it, it's it's really interesting to see guys, players like DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, for instance, other players who make their money at the basket. Well, not so much DeRozan, but you know what I mean. They just stop. <laughs> Brooke Lopez is there and they just stop and then decide, you know what, this is not where we want to go. And yeah, you're right, Dan. Uh, the fact that the fact that Brooke Lopez has become a near 40% three point shooter at this stage of his career, look, he didn't want to stop playing Roy Hibbert. What happened to him? Right? Like this game phased out seven foot bigs who couldn't shoot. And Brooke Lopez decided I'm going to learn how to shoot. Yeah. The, the bulls have one of the last ones standing in Andre Drummond. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he is. He's one of the few um, that still gets minutes, and I would say that's probably still tenuous at this point. I mean, as far as how long he'll continue to play, considering his age. Yeah, and considering what he does to know that you can't trust him at the end of a game because he can't shoot free throws and you might even need him, but you know that they'll just foul him and all that stuff. I I got more stuff I want to ask you about this Bucks team, though, Jim. Jay Crowder. Why did he want to go to to Milwaukee, and what happened with him in Phoenix? Well, it's funny because that was the question to ask him when he arrived in Milwaukee, and he said, well, that's in the past. They wanted me to keep it internal, and and he just left it at that. So I think it's just sort of vague. You know, Phoenix was moving toward Cam Johnson, Mikel Bridges as their core forwards, younger players. And, look, if if it's going to float out there that Jay didn't like that idea after starting for a finals team, a 64-win team, that's just going to hang there, you know, at least until he's more comfortable at, at really disclosing that. The Bucks, whatever the issue was, the Bucks felt good about it. Um, now, in terms of coming to Milwaukee, he, you know, he's a Marquette alumnus. There's a familiarity with the city. And he said at this point – he doesn't want to rebuild. I think he's been an Eastern Conference Finals with Boston, an NBA Finals with Miami, an NBA Finals with Phoenix. He's at that point 
at 32 years old. He still wants to keep playing, wants to earn another deal. So, again, if, if he's only going to play 20 regular season games, but maybe 25-ish postseason games, you win a chip, um, you know, somebody's going to knock on your door for a few extra years. What do you think he adds to what the Bucks already have? Lawrence, it's really interesting. So, locally, the comparison is P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker comes in in their championship run. Now, P.J., look, Kevin Durant cooked him just like he cooked everybody else in that Bucks brooklyn series that went seven games, the classic Durant toe on the line, and if he had a half-size smaller shoe, maybe the big three there doesn't dissipate. But, but what Tucker brought was the willingness to take that, to be cooked, <laughs> if you will, and make it hard. On Kevin Durant, he fouled out in one game. He probably should have fouled out in the other four. <laughs> um, but it was just that that idea of you're not you're not going to out tough us. You're not going to outwork us. It's going to be difficult because you know Giannis is a tough guy. Um, Brooke Lopez, as we talked about, is is a very tough defender. Chris Milton's a tough guy, but they're not. You look at them and they don't say anything. They don't walk with any sort of swagger. P.J. Tucker brought that. I, they really believe Jay Crowder is going to bring that and, and that little bit of an edge, a little bit of a, a swag, for lack of a better word, a little bit of trash talk to kind of back up what they do physically and, and maybe very quietly in Milwaukee. I mentioned this yesterday, and it's, I always think it when I watch him that I, I wish Grayson Allen weren't such a punk ass because he's a really good basketball player. He just is. If we're just being objective about it, you don't have to like him, and you can you you don't have to like the way he looks. You don't have to like the way he acts. You don't have to like anything about him. But you can't argue with how he plays the game. He's shooting forty one percent from three. He's averaging ten points. Ninety percent foul shooter. Like the the guy is one of these NBA dudes who has a toughness about him that you cannot deny. Uh, definitely, Dan. And I think it was important for the Bucks to not trade Grayson Allen at this deadline, he, whether it be for Jay Crowder or anybody else. Now, he, he was in the mix because of financial reasons, but not because of how they felt about him. Um, he's improved as a defender. You know, Mike Budenholzer, if, if there's one way to not play in Milwaukee, it's to not defend the way the head coach wants you to. And, and Grayson Allen has found himself um, on Jimmy Butler on DeMar DeRozan, um, and that's not necessary. Look, those guys may hunt Allen to a degree, but Budenholzer and the Bucks and his teammates have felt that he's gotten a lot better at it. So, yeah, Dan, you, you, you mix in the three-point shooting, which on this team, look, Pat Connaughton, Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton, they're, they're good shooters, right? They're good floor spacers, but Gleason's that different class. I mean, the Bulls saw it up close in the first round of the playoffs last year when Chris Middleton got hurt. He's that kind of guy offensively, especially around Giannis. <laughs> You're right, Dan. Uh, he is booed. If Gian- Giannis is rarely booed on the road. He- he's one of those few guys, who, like opponents, who get cheered wildly everywhere. Grayson is 100% jeered in every arena. Um, but yet, you're right, he, he, I think he's proven to be a, a, an all-around NBA player. How do you explain this run that Giannis has been on during the win streak? Man, Lawrence, uh, what's interesting is he's not shooting it very well. Um, he, his mid-range has declined from a year ago. He's not making any jumpers. 
his little baby hooks and things like that aren't falling, and yet wait, how does how, how, does, how does that happen in a guy's averaging thirty seven points? <laughs> he, well, he is shooting more. Um, his field goal attempts are up. That that is something he has decided he will do is, is sort of attack the rim a little more often. Um, but you're right, Lawrence. He is he is on one and. He he's beyond. Look, he's a two-time MVP, a Finals MVP. He's beyond sort of wanting to win that award, but I do feel like there's something to okay, Luca, I see you, Jokic, I see you, Embiid, I see you. I think he won't like admit it, but I feel like you watch him, and, and especially some of those head-to-head matchups, like he's he feels that, and I feel like there's also a lingering bad taste from last year's playoffs where he did a lot of this against Boston and they fell short. And I feel like he's, there's a little bit of that mental edge, but also he he told me in Cleveland one day, Lawrence, I'm just better. I'm 28 years old, 10 years in the league. He's hitting that perfect cross section of still young enough to do whatever he wants to do physically, but long enough in the game to understand everything, to have seen every defense, to know what's happening, to maybe see things beforehand. Um, And I think we're seeing that this year with him. Jim, drive safe on your way to United Center tonight because it's going to be some some treacherous roads as we understand things, so be careful. Well, thank you so much, guys. I will. That is Jim Ozarski, Bucks beat reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, jsonline.com. We will turn our attention to happier times. Those of the Northwestern Wildcats men's basketball team. Chris Collins, their head coach, joins us next on The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on 670 The Score. This is a team, Stephen, that was picked 13th in the Big Ten, other than by the people who picked them 14th. Here's Edie, loses the ball. Barry has it for Northwestern. Will Purdue foul. They will not. The improbable season has taken an impossible turn. Northwestern has beat number one. Bowie, look at working, driving inside. Hook is good. 2.7 to go. Put Shafino for the win. Off the rim. North- 
Northwestern getting ready to shine their dancing shoes. 64-62. Yeah, I know how coaches think when they hear something like that. It's like, don't say that yet. Stop it. We're not in. Don't say that yet. I don't want to hear anything about that yeah, yet. You probably say it you now. You can, but I mean, look, I've been around these these damn coaches long enough that they're like, I start grumbling about it. I don't want the kids get that in their head. They ten, get complacent. Ten wins in the league, four soft. wins over top I, 25 of teams. Of course. A so win they, over number one. I like, know. You're, but it, you're it, going. They're not, they're not, it's not there yet. I'm just, uh, that's my coach ahead there. Chris Collins is on Twitter at Coach underscore Collins. He's the head basketball coach at Northwestern, and he's with us on the Score Hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Hey, Chris, how are you? What's up, guys? Good morning. Good morning to you. How's this feel where your team is time and time again when being tested has come out on the other side with a W? Yeah, it's just a true testament to kind of the veterans we have in our program. I mean, our our two guards, our leaders, Boo Boo, Chase Sardish, you know, from the moment we started this journey in the offseason and, and kind of knew what where our group was going to be, those guys took a stranglehold of the leadership. You know, we, we've kind of developed a toughness, you know, within our group. We've really bought into kind of the defensive end of the floor, which I think, you know, when, when you play good defense, it shows that it's a united team because – you need five guys kind of working together to make that work. And, you know, anytime I've always felt like if you have a lead guard play, you, you can be competitive because at the end of games, those guys are going to have the ball in their hands. And you kind of saw it these last two games. It was Chase against Purdue in the last four minutes. Boo last night. You know, you want to put the ball in your best player's hands and you want to trust them to make decisions. And, and those guys have done a great job coming through this year. It's hard to get young men to buy into defense. It really is. The, you don't you don't go to college thinking, oh boy, I'm going to be really really good at icing pick and roll. You know, guys want to score, and guys they they the, the highlights come from that. What were the moments when you knew that you thought that they could own a defensive identity and be proud of it? Yeah, I think probably the game that really stood out was early in the season we played in, in Mexico, our championship game of our tournament. We played Auburn, you know, a really athletic, kind of fast-paced, high-scoring team. And we ended up losing the game, but the final score was 43-42. to 42. Um, You know, a real, a real rock fight, you know, so to speak. And, you know, I think our guys got a lot of confidence out of that game. Like, man, you know, we just went toe-to-toe with a really athletic, fast, you know, good team. And and we held them to 43 points. And, um, you know, I just think it's been the mindset and mentality the whole year. Um, Our guys knew coming into this year, I mean, they want to win. You know, we have a lot of guys in our locker room and our team that have had good careers, but they've yet to be on a winning team. And, you know, the, the whole theme of this whole year has been about winning, not about individual accolades, not about anything selfishly it was it's all about we're, we're trying to win and when you have that kind of mentality then you're going to embrace the things you need to do to win and a big one of those is, is playing great defense especially when you're in the Big Ten. How do you feel about those guys kind of voicing how much they want to not just win but get into the tournament be the second Northwestern team that makes it into the tournament? Well I think when you're at a place like ours um, and it was one of the reasons why 10 years ago you know, I, I wanted to take on this challenge and this opportunity to coach here is because you're at a place where you have a chance to do historical things. You know, I mean, some of the things, whether it's beating a number one team or, you know, wins over ranked opponents or winning in certain venues. I mean, so many times, 
you know, the media will say, how do you feel about, you know, this hasn't happened since 1965 or this has never happened or, you know, and, and it, it feels good when, when you can be a part of history, you know, and I know our guys, that was a big sell in recruiting for a lot of these guys was, Hey, you know, you could go to a traditional place and be really good. And, but they've done their, they've been there and done that, you know, at our place, you can come and, and leave a legacy, you know, and make a mark. And certainly the guys in 2017, you know, are, are forever going to be remembered by what they accomplished being the first. But, you know, for this group to kind of come back after a couple of lean years where we struggled and have had to kind of rebuild this thing from the ground level up for these guys to bring us back to that level to the tournament is, is really an unbelievable accomplishment and couldn't be more proud and, and happy for these guys. To what extent have you had to reassure your bosses when this program was in, in the wilderness for a while? And did you ever have anybody, you know, knocking on the door and saying, hey, uh, what's the deal here? And what should we expect? And when is this going to happen? How, how much did you have to sort of dig in and say, trust me, it's going to be okay? Well, you know, the, the thing about it is I get the deal. I've been around this my whole life. You know, I, I understand what it is, you know, came in and, and we had a nice run and got to the tournament and won a game. And, and, and then we took a step backwards and it wasn't what anyone liked, you know, first and foremost, me, I mean, I didn't like being in that position and we were in a position where we had to bring in, uh, you know, young guys, we had to play them. We had to kind of hit the reset button and start fresh. You know, fortunately I've always had great relationships with the people here at my administration, um, you know, and said, Hey guys, we're, we're building this thing up. You know, hopefully you're seeing that we're getting better. Um, nobody's happy with the win loss record. Nobody wants to win more than I do. But, um, you know, for me, it's always been about just throwing myself into coaching the guys, you know, I I've been, like I said, I'm a coach's kid. I've grown up in, in the NBA. I, I get the deal. I mean, I played at Duke and coached at Duke. There's no bigger pressure cooker than being in that place for 13, 17 years. I was there. So, I mean, I understand it. I, I think I've always been good about focusing on what I'm doing, you know, trying to do my best to help the team and, and get better and win and kind of eliminate the outside noise. Cause really all that can do is distract you from, from what you're trying to accomplish. Who came up with the idea for the uniforms? Those are the players. I mean, it's a really cool thing. We, um, Under Armour has partnered with our players. We've always had the senior class starting in 2018. We've had a tradition where the seniors get to design with the Under Armour creative team. They get to design, uh, design a uniform. And so we've, it's kind of been a tradition in our program this year, man. I think the guys have done an awesome job. It's Chicago themed, Chicago flag, the color scheme. And, um, I thought they came out great. It's, uh, you know, you break them out all in, in kind of big games and an alternate Jersey, but I think they look sweet. You talk about going through what you went through over this <laughs> amazing that it's a decade already. And I'm old enough to have, uh, have uh, worked with and have covered your dad. And I just, I know losses just like took a piece of his existence and, 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 and multi- <laughs> do. I know it, but it's just like, but you, and he, and he would, you could see it and you could just see how it doesn't seem like, and, and this is, and I'm not saying losses don't affect you, but it just seems like psychologically you've got a way of compartmentalizing basketball in a way that you, you just, you don't look as miserable after, after <laughs> losses. What, what have you, what have you learned? And maybe it's a little bit from, from other coaches you've worked with and just your, your whole basketball background. How have you gotten to this place where things are kind of okay? Well, you know, I, I, I think you just, you draw on your own personality. You know, I think, 
um, it's probably the best piece of advice I ever got from from Coach K as as I played under him and learned from him before I came here. You know, was hey, you have amazing mentors. You've been fortunate. You have your dad your whole life. You know, people are going to compare you to being here at Duke and being with me. And you have to you have to be yourself. You know, take the things you learned and take the strengths and the positives from from the the things you've learned from the people that have been your mentors. But then go be you. You know, and, you know, I, I think our personalities are similar in a lot of ways with my dad, but also, you know, they're different in, in a lot of ways. And, um, you know, obviously I feel like I'm super competitive. You know, I, I live and die with it as well. But um, I think I've learned too. I, I think the thing growing up, guys, being on the other side of it, to your point, like I was the kid of the guy who was coming home miserable after a tough loss. And, you know, I kind of saw it from the other side. So, I think it's really helped me now to be a coach and to be a dad myself and to be a husband and to, to have some sort of balance to understand, like, you know what, I'm going to do my very best. I'm going to coach my tail off. I'm going to throw everything I have into this and I'll live with the results knowing that I've given my best. But when I go home, when I get with my family, when I get around the people, I'm, I'm going to be dad, you know, I'm going to be a husband, I'm going to be a friend and, and not let the job just completely eat you up because I think it can. And if it does, you can't survive because it's just, uh, it can be too all encompassing. You're one of very few people who are even qualified to answer this question, Chris, how much pressure is John Shire under? (laughs) He's under a lot of pressure, but you know what? There's no one more built for it. Um, I mean, many, you guys probably know John and I are like brothers, you know, we both went to Glenbrook North, um, had a chance to coach him. You know, I've known him since he's five years old. And, you know, he, he's just been one of those guys that he, he always rises to the occasion. He's got a great disposition to him. He's unbelievably competitive. He's really smart. Um, and I think he's navigating it beautifully. You know, the, I mean, no one can imagine what it's like to replace someone like Coach K. I mean, you look in the history of of programs when you have to replace legendary coaches, it's a tough deal. But I think he was the right guy. There's no question in my mind he's going to do awesome. You know, I've tried to do my best as someone, a mentor for him, and as a big brother figure to kind of be there for him when he needs me because there's nothing like going through it for the first time. I, mean, you, I remember my first year here at Northwestern, like – it's like, you know, the little kid who's, I can do it, I can do it. And then you get thrust in that opportunity and then you look around and you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. And you got to kind of figure it out. And, uh, you know, he, I think he's doing an awesome job, you know, and there's no pressure cooker like Duke. I mean, I, I witnessed it firsthand for 17 years of my life, but, but, but he's the right guy. Uh, you all have witnessed, you guys have seen him since he's a high school player, what he's accomplished, what he did as a player at Duke. He's gonna he's gonna be awesome, and uh, you know I know he's gonna navigate this this whole thing really well. These jobs are so different now, and uh, half the time when you're watching college basketball, there, there's there's some old coach yelling at a cloud, complaining about how how different it is. But the fact is, these couple of wins for your program and Super Bowl Sunday, getting the the attention that you got. If Northwestern can be cool. What it does for the brand, and you mentioned the stuff with the uniforms, but now when you're constantly re-recruiting your own players, when you constantly know you got you got probably a, a, a pro personnel type of guy looking around saying who who might want to come play for Northwestern, who's playing somewhere else now, it's got to matter from a, a marketing and branding perspective more than ever to make sure that the, the, the make the most of this kind of positive attention on you right now. 
Yeah, I mean, I think you nailed it. Um, you know, for, for right or for wrong, having a couple down years in a row, you lose some momentum. You know, I mean, people want to be a part of winning programs. They want to be, you know, and just, I mean, if you turn on, the, if you were either at the game or you turned on the game on Sunday, if you turned on the game last night, if you see the environments now, we're getting a plane. I mean, our students have been amazing. I mean, they're, they're rallying around it. They're coming to the games now. That you know, we're becoming a. It's becoming a fun place to play and a fun environment to come watch a game. And um, I do think it matters. You know, when you have that kind of success. And and I've always said, I mean, I it's the old line from uh, from from Field of Dreams. If you build it, you know, they will come. And you know, we realize too, we're in a market. We're in a pro market in Chicago. I mean, there's a lot of things people people can be doing with their time. You got pro teams. You got a lot of things you can do in the city. And People want to cheer for a good product. They want to see winning. They want to see a fun group. And, and that's what this team has done this year. And probably more than ever, it's been a time when we've needed some momentum. There's no question about it. And and now with the way the rules are, uh, it's going to be us to, to work hard to try to sustain it, you know, and, and that's the that's the next challenge. You know, we we did it before and, and I didn't do a very good job of being able to sustain it. I was young. There was a lot of mistakes I probably made through that process that, you know, being a little bit older, being a little bit more experienced because it's really hard to build but it's equally hard to then sustain. And especially in today's day and age where you're seeing player movement, name, image, and likeness, you know, there's just a lot of stuff out there. College athletics is so different. And it's, um, you know, this has been a great year. We're throwing ourselves into finishing this thing right. And then the next challenge for us will be to continue to sustain this level. How would you describe the ideal player to come be a part of your program? Well, I mean, for it's it's all about fit. You know, you see that with the really good programs. You know, I, I think the the program you can look at that's done that the best kind of in our conference most recently is Purdue. You know, I mean, Matt Painter has gone out. He's really found the guys, not necessarily the four-star, five-star, but can we fit the guys that fit us? You know, and, you know, obviously I like skilled players. You know, I like guys – that have versatility that can pass, handle, and shoot. And the character piece is huge for me. And and I want guys that want to be a part of a brand like a Northwestern. You know, to me, there still are families and still are young men out there that that want to play at the highest level and still get a great degree and be a part of a network, you know, for their life like Northwestern University. So, um, you know, those are the guys we try to identify. You know, obviously it's hard because um, everybody's trying to go out there and get those guys. And, you know, the lifeblood of what you do is recruiting. You know, I'm I'm looking a lot better this year because of my two guards, you know, and, and what those guys are being able to go out there. The plays look a lot better when you got those guys out there running them. So um, we have to continue to work hard on that end and, and get the right guys in here who fit us, fit our, per, you know, personality and, and how we can be successful. And, and that'll be our challenge moving forward. Chris, thank you so much. Congratulations on success and good luck going forward. This is going to be an exciting next few weeks for you. Yeah, appreciate you guys. That's Chris Collins, the head coach of Northwestern men's basketball. I was thinking about the John Shire thing because did you see what happened? Where Duke's playing Notre Dame, and obviously Mike Bray is is at least stepping down from being the Notre Dame coach, and of course, Coach K is there, but he was kind of there to see Coach Bray. Yeah, he wasn't really there to see John, and it just. So it, it felt kind of awkward, you know, like I'm sitting there going, this is weird. Like the, here, here comes John and he comes out and he gives coach K a hug and it's weird because Duke's been fine. Yeah, like they, Bray was an assistant when I was there. That's right. Yeah. That, that, that tracks. It just was so strange. It was just like, 
the specter has <laughs> walked into the building. And, you know, if he didn't have enough pressure on him. Yeah, I, I, you know, John ignored the advice. Yeah, you want to be the guy who follows the guy who follows the right. guy. You don't, you don't follow the legend. You follow the guy who follows the legend. And everybody brings up what happened with Bill Guthridge and Dean Smith and and how then the whole Matt Doherty fiasco and oh. everything that went on there. But I, I give him a lot of credit. It, that is a, it's, it's a big leap, and I wish him a lot of luck. Maturity issues. Stop it. No, I mean, you know, it, that's what, what Matt was going through as a grown-ass man. We've got High Noon coming up. What you got? Well, I've got a couple of things. I think we'll have time. Do you know that we've been saying Giannis's name wrong? Like all of us have been saying it wrong. I'm going to let him clear up why. Okay. What you got? I have uh, a, a a specific automobile that was not immune to a uh, increasingly common theft. Oh, okay. We'll do that next here on the score. I'll be back this way on Monday. We'll settle this then, right there, out in the street, in front of the palace alone. Yeah, right. When? High noon. We began the show by lamenting another Bulls loss, but I saw some things that I liked in that Bulls game. Amazingly enough, the headline is obviously that they blew a 24-point lead, and they haven't won since the trade deadline, (laughs) since the the vote of confidence was given by AK. But there was something in there that actually gave me some encouragement. And then we replayed a chunk of what Rick Hahn said yesterday, and it was just... Stepping on one rake after another. It was a bad day for the Sox. It was a bad day for White Sox fans. There were weird flexes that ended up not saying the things and illustrating the things I think he wanted to illustrate. It's just too bad that this team keeps telling its fans to go screw themselves at every turn. Jim Ozarski previewed tonight's Bulls-Bucks game, and we had a lovely conversation with Chris Collins after a big win for them last night. You and I had an off-air conversation about name changes. And I thought about it when I ran across this video because I had never thought of the immigration process in modern times. Like, I understand, like, back in the day when you maybe didn't understand what someone said or you're shortening their name because you don't know how to spell it. But now that being the case is a little weird. Giannis Antetokounmpo, and I know that I just said it wrong because I'm used to saying it that way, explained what his name actually is. His name is Ade Togumbo. Yes. Ade Togumbo. Ade Togumbo. How did you change to Ante Togumbo? I didn't know that. When you take um, another's country passport? Yeah. Your uh, your name has to be spelled with their alphabet. Okay. So in the D they put N T, mm-hmm. and in the B they put M P. Okay. So it's it's pronounced Adetokunbo in okay. in um, the Greek, in Greek way, yeah. but um, the Nigerian way the way you know it, uh, I knew my name growing up was Adetokunbo with D okay. and with a B. But you know when you when the name change when you get the Greek passport, yeah, and then you uh, get the contract with the NBA, they have to put your last name exactly how it is in your passport. Yeah, of course. Yeah, in the back of your they jersey. Change, they're gonna confuse people. 
So we've been saying it wrong, and he's just been like, okay. Under the gumbo. So is that that was him and Serge Ibaka. And Serge Ibaka talking about like it's crazy to me. Like how there's so many stories like that. Like those are the types of stories that you hear from people our grandparents' age. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, well, our name was blank, but they cut it, so it's just this now. Or it was written down this way, and now this is how it's pronounced because it's spelled this way. I always tell that story about Jason Marquis, the former Cub pitcher. The family name is Markowitz. And it was written down as Marquis when they came over. So it's like, oh, Markowitz, M-A-R-Q-U-I-S. And then it became Marquis. We, you know, Akeem Olajuwon changed the spelling of his name when he became a more devout Muslim and wanted a more traditional spelling. Do you remember Armin Gilliam, the former UNLV power forward and longtime NBAer? Yeah, because people used to call him Arman. Arman, when his name is Armin. He changed it to it's from A-R-M-O-N to A-R-M-E-N so people would pronounce it correctly. That's crazy. Yeah. So it was a nice little, you know, cultural thing that was going on with Giannis and Serge. And and I appreciated them having that conversation. It was a really cool thing to to see him talk about. Here in Chicago, you know that there has been an ongoing rash of thefts of catalytic converters. Yes. Because of the black market value for the whatever the rare minerals are metals that are in there that are valuable to people. I think they're, they're, they're selling for like a thousand dollars. If somebody can get some people are experts and sliding under your car, taking it off of there and then going to sell it. Well, guess what was victimized by some catalytic converter thieves in Las Vegas. Nothing less than the Oscar Meyer Wienermobile. Oh no. The 27 foot hot dog shaped vehicle was in Vegas this past weekend. The catalytic converter was stolen. And as the copy here says, the engine then couldn't cut the mustard, so it had to be towed to a local truck rental facility to the shock of employees. They had to tow away the Wienermobile. And I just saw recently they were recruiting. The Wienermobile wanted somebody just out of college to be a hot dog ambassador. It sounds like an unbelievable job to drive the thing around the country to the various stops to, to talk to people about Oscar Mayer products and... You know, probably get to get to meet all kinds of people. I just think at a, a certain age, if you're unattached, it's like, hey, you want to see my Wienermobile? Look what I got out back. <laughs> I've been in it. You've been in it? I have. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it, it's really cool. I've just always wondered, do you have to be, is it CDL? Do you have to be CDL licensed to drive that thing? Probably, I would think. I, I think there's six of them total. Because it seems like, you know, you can't cut corners or anything. You're making a turn. You're, it's a turn of conviction with the Wienermobile. Yeah, but what a job that would be, though. What do you do for a living? I drive all over the country in my Wienermobile. That's right. I rock the Wienermobile, and you don't, suckers. Are you saying we have time for this, Mike? Do it. All right. So, you know how... Well... I'll just play this for you, and then we can talk about it. It's from years ago, but it popped back up in my timeline, and it made me laugh. This is this is Al Pacino doing a Dunkin' Donuts commercial. No, no, that's not it. We don't have that one. Oh, what was the one? I got Buck Showalter. Oh, that's better. Thank you so much. This is Buck Showalter talking about 
how he doesn't like hazing. I don't do that to people in today's world. You know, making, embarrassing somebody. It's kind of like the Clubby Olympics. You know, when you don't want anybody to get hurt and you don't want anybody to be embarrassed. I, I hate embarrassing people. It's like the, the whole hazing stuff. That, that's so stupid. Oh, it was done to me. Well, it was stupid when they did it to you. I never understood the rookie hazing BS. Come on, man. The guy's got your uni on. He's trying to help you. Why don't you make his path a little easier? It's like uh, when people say, they, well, they did it to me. Well, it was stupid then, wasn't it? Never been a big hazing fan. Good for him. Yeah, but Buck is kind of one of those dudes that's had some power over this. And I mean, I'm glad that he's there now, but there are a lot of ex-baseball players that saw this and were like, you could have been one of the people that put a stop to this. We don't do this. This isn't okay on my watch. I'm okay with a little bit of hazing, but not to the degree of alienating that person or any sort of physical harm. No, I think the like what the White Sox have done in the past where you've got your Dora the Explorer backpack that's got the seeds in it and whoever is least tenured has to wear that or carry that out to the bullpen. Yeah, I'm okay with like young players in football carrying older players' pads. I'm okay with that. But I, I do think that a lot of this hazing stuff goes beyond don't like the concept of the rookie dinner. Oh, I hate that. It's the worst. Like, the absolute worst. Um, I'm even uncomfortable when they do it on Hard Knocks where guys have to get up and be like, and hey, sing? Was your, sing is fine. Your signing bonus. You know? And then people be like, woo! Aiden Hutchinson. It's your signing bonus. He couldn't wait to tell him. Oh, he really could He couldn't. Come on now. Good for him. That is High Noon, and Matt Bowen is joining us next. We've got football talk on the score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now, with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.